Helen Betty Osborne was a Cree Aboriginal woman from Norway House Reserve who was kidnapped and murdered while walking down 3rd Street in La Paz, Manitoba. You're listening to Where the Road Ends. I'm your host, Jennifer, and this is Season 2, Episode 7, The Murder of Helen Betty Osborne. Before we jump in with this week's episode, I just wanted to let you know that we do go over a murder scene and there is some explicit content, so listener discretion is advised. Osborne was born in Norway House, Manitoba, and was the eldest of 12 children. Born to Joe and Justine Osborne, she had dreams of going to college and becoming a teacher. There was no secondary school in Norway House, so she had to leave home for further education. She spent two years at Guy Hill Residential School, just outside La Paz, Manitoba, a mixed town of European Canadians, Métis, and Cree people. In the fall of 1971, Osborne attended Margaret Barrow College in La Paz, boarding with a non-Aboriginal family. On the evening of November 13, 1971, Osborne had spent some time with friends at the Northern Light Cafe and then at Barnson Place before heading back downtown. Around midnight, Osborne's friends returned home. Very little is known about Osborne's whereabouts or actions after this time. She was seen walking home around 2.30 a.m. Then she was abducted. The facts are as followed as suggested by the evidence. While walking along 3rd Street in La Paz on that cold Saturday morning, Betty Osborne was accosted by four men in a car. Hugh Town, who was driving, stopped the car and Johnston got out, attempting to convince Osborne to go with them to a, quote, party. She told them that she did not wish to accompany them. She was then forced into the car and driven away. In the car, Osborne was assaulted by Coughlin and Johnston as Hughtown drove. Johnston ripped at her blouse and Colin grabbed at her breast. In spite of her screams and attempts to escape, Osborne was taken to a cabin belonging to Hughtown's parents at Clearwater Lake. At the cabin, she was pulled from the car and beaten by Johnson, while the others stood watching and drinking wine they had stolen earlier. Osborne continued to struggle and scream, and because her assailants were afraid they might be heard, she was forced back into the car and driven further from town to a pump house next to the lake. At least some of her clothes were removed by her assailants in the car, At the pump house, she was once more taken from the car by one or all of her assailants, and the beating continued. Her clothes, those which had not been removed earlier, were taken from her. Wearing only her winter boots, she was viciously beaten and stabbed, apparently with a screwdriver, more than 50 times. Her face was smashed beyond recognition. The evidence suggests that two people then dragged her body into the bushes. Her clothes were hidden. The four men left, returning to La Paz, and went their separate ways. The following day, Kenny Gerbra, a 14-year-old in town, grew tired of fishing 
and went off looking for rabbit tracks when he discovered her unclothed body. He and his father reported the discovery to police. The police first suspected Osborne's ex-boyfriend Cornelius, though he was cleared after successfully passing a lie detector test. Dwayne Archie Johnston, James Robert Paul Hewtown, Lee Scott Colgan, and Norman Bernard Manyar, four young Caucasian men from La Paz, were eventually implicated in her death. With the use of evidence recovered from Colgan's car, it was not until December 1987, 16 years after her death, that any of them were convicted of the crime. Constable Rob Yurkowski, sorry, I probably pronounced that wrong, took over the investigation and a placed an ad in a local newspaper asking for any witnesses to come forward. In the end, only Johnston was convicted. As Hewtown had been acquitted, Colligan had received immunity for testifying against Hewtown and Johnston, and Mara was never charged. The Aboriginal Justice Implementation Commission conducted an investigation into concerns surrounding the length of time involved in resolving the case. According to the commission's report, the autopsy showed that, along with well over 50 stab wounds, her skull, cheekbones, and palate were broken, her lungs were damaged, and only one kidney was torn. Her body showed extensive bruising. The commission concluded that the most significant factors prolonging the case were racism, sexism, and indifference of white people. The RCMP officially closed the Osborne case on February 12, 1999. A formal apology was made from the Manitoba government issued by Gordon McIntosh, Manitoba's Minister of Justice, on July 14, 2000. It addressed failures of the province's justice system in the Osborne case. The province created a scholarship in Osborne's name for Aboriginal women. As a way to remember Helen Betty Osborne, the town of Norway House named a school after her. The University of Winnipeg's We Chikaiwa, sorry, I can't pronounce that, Learning Center is located in the building named after Osborne. On December 2, 2008, a graphic novel entitled The Life of Helen Betty Osborne was launched by the Helen Betty Osborne Memorial Foundation. The purpose of the graphic novel was to educate young about racism, sexism, and indifferences. In 1991, a CBC TV miniseries about Osborne's kidnapping and murder was made, entitled Conspiracy of Silence. In the book, A Really Good Brown Girl by Marlon Demont, a Métis poet, a poem is named after Osborne. And that, my friends, is the sad and tragic murder of Helen Betty Osborne. Not only was she murdered, but she was beaten, raped, and brutalized for no reason. There was no reason for those men to do this to this beautiful, educated woman who had her whole life before her, had plans of being a teacher, had plans of bettering herself. There was no, no reason for this. I will list some links below to some of the books and things that were um, made about Helen's uh, Helen's story. 
um, you'll be able to find them in the description um, below this podcast. And that, my friends, is the very, very, very sad and tragic um, murder of Helen Betty Osborne. Be safe out there. Until next time, stay spooky. Mm -hmm.